Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you for a chance to be in your house and worship you. Thank you for the praise team and the way they use their gifts to draw us into your presence. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that comes to fill us, to transform us, to prepare us for the week ahead. Thank you for your grace and mercy that comes to, to uh, cleanse us and forgive us for the places this last week where we, we fell short, where we needed to be more like you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being here this morning. And we pray that you would speak to us and through us and in us as we share together. May you be praised in all that's said and done. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our scripture lesson comes this morning from Isaiah 61, which shouldn't surprise you, because we've been looking at Isaiah 61 throughout our Thanksgiving service. I just want to remind you that the first week uh, in our Thanksgiving series, we began to talk about uh, giving thanks that everything will be new. And that, that includes your home, that includes where you work, that includes this church. The promise of God is that He is making all things new, including you. Uh, So you should not be the same at the end of next year. When we come to Thanksgiving season next year, I hope that you come filled with Thanksgiving because God has done new things in your life. And then last week we talked about uh, a time to rebuild and and how God has come into our lives to repair our past. And not just to repair our past so we feel better, but to repair our past so that we can launch into the future uh, and fulfill His will for us, which is just far beyond anything we could ever ask or imagine. You see, this is the year when God's going to do great things in your life, and you will be able to give Him thanks. This morning, uh, we continue in Isaiah chapter 61, and Isaiah continues to open up for us new things. If you'd look with me, please, at verses 7 and through verse 9. Isaiah says this, Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion, Instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land. And everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing this God's most holy word. Thank you, Almighty God, for already hearing and answering our prayer. Uh, Thank you for Bree. We lift her up to you and pray that all would go well as she delivers this new child, as you offer to Bree and Jesse a chance to be parents. And Just pray, Lord, that you'd bless them and work in and through them. Uh, Pray, Lord, for Veronica, who I know this, I think it's this week she's due, and Just pray that you'd be with her through that. Lord, you have offered us new life. And you have offered us new life not just through the birth of children, but you've offered us new life today. So we ask that you'd open our hearts and our minds to you. We'd open our lives to your word. That we'd apply what you say to us. That we might serve you and follow you. We'll give you all the praise. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Excuse me. Ah. 
So, uh, it's been quite a week, hasn't it? A lot of things happened this week. We're going to talk about some of them. But I just want to start out by recognizing our veterans. Because yesterday was Veterans Day. Uh, We didn't do that last week because I thought, well, it's Saturday. It's closer to today. So, if you're a veteran here, would you stand, please? If you're a veteran, just stand. Uh, Be brave. Don't be shy. There you go. All right. Yes. Yes. Stay standing. Stay standing. Yes. All right. Stay standing. Please stay standing. Stay standing. Please stay standing. Let's pray together. Um, uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for these who who were willing to serve in the military. But Lord, beyond that, we're willing to serve us. We thank you, Lord, for the way you worked in and through them in those days. And pray, Father, that your blessing would flow upon them. Lord, we know that that some saw some things that are hard to live with, and yet we know that you can give them the grace and the peace um, to work through those things. We pray, Father, that in the future, um, people would see them and recognize that they were willing to give. And Lord, that they would begin to give thanks because these were willing to give. We thank you, Lord, for uh, them being a part of us. We pray, Lord, that you would use us to bless them as they have blessed us. And we thank you for them being here this morning. We pray that you'd be with them in worship and that your special spiritual blessing would fall upon them as we worship you together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. So we continue to talk about thanksgiving, and, and what I want to talk about this morning is, is the next step, it's, it's the blessing. Uh, when you sit down to say your blessing, um, what do you ask God to bless? Well, uh, I think it's kind of funny. We usually ask God to bless the food. Uh, that's the way we put it, um, and we usually stop there. Now, literally, we're asking God to bless the food to us, right? So we're really asking God to bless us, but we don't want to ask God to bless us because that sounds kind of haughty and, and kind of like uh, we shouldn't be doing that. So instead, we ask God to bless the food. But in truth, we're asking God to bless that food in us. And, and I like to pray, that ask God to use that food in us to give us strength and energy to serve Him. And, and I like to do that because I think, you know, that's really what I want out of that that food. But, but if you're really into Thanksgiving, and I hope that you are, uh, when you sit down, you won't just ask God's blessing upon the food. You'll start to give thanks to God for the people who are sitting around the table. I hope. And I hope you ask that God would bless them. That's kind of easier than asking Him to bless me, right? So you can ask God to bless them. Bless those people who are out there. Bless them. Use them. Work in and through them. Make them a blessing to other people. So that they would begin to see your hand at work. See, I'm trying to help you here. Uh, give you words for Thanksgiving. Uh, some people are nervous about praying, and, and uh, frequently you'll have guests for Thanksgiving, and then it gets really awkward, right? Because I mean, it's okay to to not be able to pray real well in front of your family, but to pray not pray real well what you feel is real well in front of visitors is kind of awkward. I want you to know that God doesn't care. Uh, he, he just wants to hear you hear your voice. Uh, when your kids are little, uh, they sometimes say the funniest things and, and you laugh. When they get older, they're real embarrassed when you share that with your friends because you thought it was so cute. And they say, oh, please don't tell that story again. Not again. Uh, and you, you may remember that as a kid yourself. Uh, but, but parents want to share that. Why? Because it meant something to them. 
And when we talk to God, sometimes it's like a kid talking to their parents, and, and sometimes it's not real eloquent, and sometimes it's not real uh, um, fancy. My dad always prayed in the King James Version. Uh, I always thought that was kind of weird, but that, that's the way he was brought up. So he, he asked, uh, it was filled with these and thous, and, and half the time, I didn't understand what he was saying, but, but that's all right, he was talking to God. You, you see, God doesn't care. God just wants us to talk to him and to share with him our hearts, and he really gets excited when our prayers begin to be focused on other people, when we begin to ask him to bless others. That's an exciting time. You see, God... Uh, uh, it's like when your kid begins to share with someone else for the first time. When they're little, they want it all themselves, and hopefully they grow out of that. Little, little kids play by themselves. As they get older, they start to play with other kids. If you know anything about, if you've ever been in the nursery, you'll see that happen. They, they, they begin to interact with other kids. When they become teenagers, they begin to play by themselves again. <laughs> I'm not sure why all that happens, but <laughs> hopefully they grow out of that, and eventually they become uh, uh, old enough to begin to really share from their hearts and to share with others. And God wants us to be a sharing people. I'm so excited about what we could do uh, for, for the school system. And, and excited about that, not because we did something, but because we were able to share with them God's love. And that came from God. That didn't come from us. That came from God. And, and, and those teachers and, and th- that principal and even those who worked in the, in the, uh, <clears throat> in the maintenance department uh, see all this stuff and they begin to say, Wow, why would those people do that? Well, it's because God loves us, and we want to share that love with you. So, so when you sit around the table, here, here's your deal. Okay, you get a chance to offer God's blessing upon these people. And what's exciting is as God blesses us and as God blesses them, people begin to take notice. Did you notice that? In Isaiah, Isaiah says this. He says, God is going to bless these people, and and All who see that will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. Did you catch that? He's going to look at, they're going to look at you and they're going to say, wow, that's incredible. There's a people whom God has blessed. Do people see that when they look at you? Do they see a people who have been blessed? we watched the movie Amistad a couple a month ago or so, maybe two, three weeks ago. Haven't seen it in years. Um, and, and at one point, um, these, these African people uh, are, 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 I don't want to tell you the whole story. I don't want to give the story away. But anyway, uh, they're, they're in jail, and, and they're in jail, and the uh, abolitionists are there to try to, to encourage the courts to set these people free. And many of them are Christian. And as the Africans are watching these Christians, um, they begin to talk to one another and they say, we don't know who they are, but they're sad all the time. <laughs> and I thought, <coughs> I thought to myself, is that the way the world sees the church? I know the world frequently sees the church as anti all the time. We're anti everything. You just ask them. Oh, the church, they don't want us to have any fun. They don't want us to, uh, they're anti everything. Uh, What the the world doesn't understand is that Jesus is pro-fun, and mostly he's pro-people. 
And why doesn't the world get that? I think that the world doesn't get that because the church has become a place where people go to isolate themselves so they don't have to deal with other people. And the hard part is then they get all together and they discover there are more people here. And they have to deal with people here. And that becomes a struggle. And so rather than the world seeing the church as as the people who are blessed, they see the church as people who are upset, angry. And the sad part is Jesus offers just the opposite. He brought you here this morning because he wants you to know that his desire is to bless you. As a matter of fact, this could be the year that you would be able to hold up the sign and say, yes, I am blessed. Because God wants to bless you. This morning we want to talk about what it means to be a blessing. Isaiah begins to open this up for us. And I love what he says. He says, my people will receive a double portion. God says. A double portion. They'll receive their inheritance. They'll receive their land back. You remember, these are people who are in exile. These are refugees. These are people who have been taken away from their homeland. And they're living in a foreign land. And all they want to do is do what? They want to go home. And so when Isaiah says, hey, God is going to take you home, they get excited. All right, I want to go home. I'd be glad for just a little pad of ground. I don't need my whole 40 acres. I'll take just half an acre with my hut on it as long as I can go home. I don't need a Taj Mahal. I don't need what I had. All I need is a place to call home. You with me? Isaiah says, you're going to go home. You're going to get your inheritance back. As a matter of fact, he says, you're going to get a double portion because not only are you going to get your inheritance back, you ready for this? I'm going to, you're going to get everlasting joy. Now, some of you need that this morning, let me tell you. <laughs> or at least if you have it, you're not letting it show. God wants to fill uh, his people with joy. And, and that you've got to stop and think. He's talking about a double portion. Not just your land, but joy as well. You see, you could go back home and things could not be happy. Have you ever done that? You get home and things aren't happy. It was going that way and you arrived at Sometimes it's good until you get there. <laughs> Sometimes, Kenny. <laughs> not at Kenny's house, of course. <laughs> when he comes home, dinner's ready. The kids are all clean and excited to see him. And, yeah. <laughs> We got one of them right. <laughs> uh, by the way, Kenny, I get all kinds of com- comments on the podcast. Everybody wants to know who Kenny is. <laughs> that, that podcast, we're, we're averaging around 350, 360 people who listen to the podcast weekly now. And so there are 360 people who want to know who you are, Kenny. And <laughs> that's right. Have them come to worship and they'll be able to see you. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, anyway, how do we get off on that? Uh, <laughs> I know, I, I took us there. So God wants to give his people a double portion. Here, this is what that's like, okay? You're sitting at Thanksgiving meal, right? And you have just finished your first helping of meal. And all of a sudden, you look at that one piece of the meal that just really stood out. 
Now, you, you, you're not hungry so much anymore. But man, wouldn't it be good to have just a second helping? You want more. See, it, you, it was so good, you want more. As a matter of fact, the, the best part is, not only do you want more, but if it's one of those meals where everybody brings a dish, you, you sometimes say, hey, who brought this? This is incredible. And, and you want more. You want a double portion. You see, one piece was great, but man, wouldn't it be great if you could have more? Yeah, one of the sad parts, I think, for people of God is that we get a blessing from God, and, and that, that blessing is good. But we don't ever ask for more because we, we think that asking for more, well, that's kind of presumptuous. Jesus always said, ask for more. Push the ask for more. Why do you always hold back? Oh, because I, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want to put a burden upon God. Oh, come on. Let's be honest. The reason you don't ask for more is you're afraid. What if God doesn't give you more? That's the truth, isn't it? That's a hard truth to hold to. You see, God wants to bless you abundantly. And we hold back. Well, it's like those people that go to Thanksgiving meal and they have their first helping. They say, I won't have seconds because I'm watching my figure. You ever notice most people who say they're watching their figure, they watch it because it's sticking out there where they can see it. <laughs> That's my problem. I'm watching my figure. Uh, hey, uh, you know, there, there's something about that little extra that, that just, oh man, it tastes like, do you understand? God wants to bless you. He wants to give you a double blessing. Now, listen very carefully because we too often think in material terms, right? Oh, okay, so I, I'm, not, I'm not just going to ask God for that, that new car. I'm going to ask him for that Porsche, all right, because I want a double blessing. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the things God wants for your life. He wants to fill you with more faith. He wants to fill you with more purpose. He wants to fill you with more direction. He wants to bless you with, with, uh, with a relationship with Him that grows closer. He wants to fill you with joy. He wants to fill you with love. He wants to fill you with peace. He wants to have you so full of the fruit of the Spirit that wherever you go, people are looking at you and say, man, you're awful fruity. Because there's something different about you. Jesus put it this way. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have what? And have it how? Okay, now, those of you who are King James, brought up in King James all said abundantly. Uh, but for the new international folk, you said uh, have it to the full because you could read it up there, and that's good. All right, I want you to hear that. Jesus came that you might have life. You know what's exciting about that? Jesus came so that you could be alive, not just physically, but spiritually. We call that eternal life. When you become alive in Jesus Christ, He promises you eternity. In other words, Jesus put it this way. He said, I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and take you to Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. In other words, what He's saying is, when you take your last breath here, He has another breath for you to take, and He's going to lead you to 
his house. In other words, he's going to take you home. Now, you have to understand, we try to build a home in this world. And the struggle with that is, frequently, those homes fall apart. I've seen it. You've seen it. And my guess is, when you got married, or when you started thinking about what a home would be like, you had an image of what it was going to be like. And when the two people got together and moved into that house, what you discovered is, that's nothing what a home really is. And you had this image in your mind. And nothing will quite make that image. Now, that doesn't mean it's wrong. That just means it's different than what you thought. But i got good news for you, see, because God has a perfect home for us. You see, in your home, there'll be times when there's conflict, right? No, not your home, of course. Allie got engaged. Allie's here. She's going to get married. She knows that when she gets married, she and her husband, man, no more conflict. Boy, perfect, right? Nah, nah, she knows better, right? We, we know better. We, we run into each other, and, and there's conflict, and there's struggle, and there's strife, and there's hard times, and, and there's rough things that come. And, and wouldn't you like to be able to go home and know that everything's going to be great, and that there's going to be no more problems, no more struggles, no more pain? Nobody's going to get sick and die again. Nobody's going to hurt anymore. You see, that's the home that Jesus is preparing for us. That is awesome. That is awesome. That's going to happen. And and this may be your year. You may go home. I hope not, but you might. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that's great. Not for everybody else, but it's good for you. But I got something more exciting, you see, because Jesus said he didn't just come to give you life. He came to give you life abundantly or life to the full. Now, here's the difference, you see, because when we, when we just accept the life, you see, it's like getting one latte in the morning. Okay, so that wakes you up and gets you going. But if you take two lattes in the morning, you're like life on steroids. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, hey, we're going 100 miles an hour because we got things to do, people to see. God is at work in powerful ways. That's the way a follower of Jesus Christ should be. In the morning, you should get up. You should say, okay, Jesus, I can't wait to see what you're going to do today. And as you begin to walk through your day, uh, one of the reasons, Mark read that passage where where we need to uh, give praise in the assembly. One of the reasons we need to give praise is because we miss all kinds of blessings God gives us throughout the day. And why do we do that? Well, because, you know, it's just, uh, it happens every day. Did you know the fact that you got out of bed this morning was a miracle? There were hundreds of people today who did not get out of bed. Some of them should have been sitting next to you this morning. Some of them would have loved to be sitting next to you this morning, but couldn't. You are so blessed. Did you thank God that you could get up out of bed this morning? The older I get, the more often I do that. (laughs) And then sometimes I just say, oh God, it hurts this morning. (laughs) And he smiles. I got a home for you someday. It won't hurt. Okay, Jesus. Today. You see, he's got a double, a double portion for you. He doesn't just want you to exist. He wants you to live life. And here's the difference. There's a lot of people who are walking around dead. They're not zombies. I know I've seen the movies. Okay? They're not zombies. They're walking around dead. They walk around trying to make a buck, 
trying to get along, trying to move from here to there. They're missing what God really has for them. You see, God has a purpose for us every day. And He has a direction for us every day. And as we begin to trust Him and follow Him, we begin to see His hand at work. How often? Every day. Thank you. Kim's paying attention. The rest of you fell asleep. Kim was awake. She had her double latte this morning. She's ready. All right? So, yeah, he, he wants to give you that double portion. It's not just life. It's life to the full. How have you been living? You see, this year, God wants you to live life to the full. Don't just live it. Live it to the full. In other words, live by faith. Live by hope. Live filled with joy because God is at work. Now, that doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen. What it means is that in the midst of those, God will continue to fulfill His purpose in your life and you'll be able to go on because you know He's at work. He's got something for you. He's not done blessing you. You put your trust in Him. God has a double blessing. Can you give thanks this Thanksgiving for the double blessing that's coming? And you see, what what I'm trying to get you to do and what Isaiah is trying to get the people to do is to look beyond themselves today and start looking to what God's going to do in the future because today may be difficult, but tomorrow God has a double blessing. Keep looking ahead. Keep looking ahead. You with me? So not only a double blessing, but then Isaiah begins to talk about the justice of God. We've lost sight of justice altogether, haven't we? Our world is so messed up, they have no idea what justice is all about. And here's the problem. The problem is, we don't understand the righteousness of God. You with me? We don't understand the righteousness of God. You don't understand. I don't understand. Well, I can't understand. Because you see, my justice always falls short. My justice is always connected to who I am. Think about that. I've been watching the news, and uh, it really bothers me, um, a lot of the things that are going on. And we talk about terrorism. We often talk about international terrorism, or terrorists who go and shoot up churches like we saw this week. And please pray for our brothers and sisters in Texas. But it goes to the next step, doesn't it? Because we see amongst our leaders and amongst our entertainers, we see over and over again that these uh, men have been... uh, Preying on young women, uh, women and young women. Uh, this last week, I'm watching the news. I'm about ready to go ballistic. Uh, Roy Moore, a senator, uh, has been accused uh, by a number of women uh, of, uh, uh, of trying to date them when they were teenagers. And he was in his 30s. And my first thought is, well, now they're blaming everybody. Everybody says Roy Moore is a good guy, but I don't know him. Why would I try to give him a break? Well, because they're accusing everybody. Well, wait a minute. I don't know if it's true or not. This is what I know. One of his supporters, this really bothered me, said this. Listen very carefully. He said, Joseph was an adult who married Mary, who was A young girl, probably 12, 13. There's nothing wrong or immoral. He used Scripture to say there's nothing wrong or immoral with that. I was deeply offended. I was angered. I thought, this is the problem with justice. You see, he even tried to invoke God in this whole process of saying it's okay. 
God doesn't say it's okay. God calls us to treat people with respect and with love and with grace. God calls us to be uh, a people who are different. And in our culture, that's just gross and wrong, highly wrong. And the way men treat women in our culture is pathetic and sad and grieves our God, by the way. I'm not saying all men. Hopefully the men in this congregation don't treat women that way. And hopefully believers who are men stand up and say this is just wrong. Because it is. You see, it's a form of terrorism is what it is. So that people can have their place. It's interesting, isn't it, that when Jesus came, in order to have his place, he became a servant of all. Did you notice that? He was king of kings and lord of lords. And in order to reveal himself being king of kings and lord of lords, he became a servant of all. Respected all people, loved all people. Treated all people like they were very special and important. That's our God. That's how we should treat one another, and we fall short. We fall short because we see people through our eyes, not through God's eyes. Isaiah specifically talks about robbery in this passage. I, I want you to know I haven't forgot the passage. Specifically talks about robbery. The reason why I called it terrorism is because what people are doing is they're robbing other people of respect, of love, of safety. They're terrorizing them. And God's way is very different. Now, if you have the King James Version, well, and, and then um, in the New International Version, it talks about iniquity or sin. And, of course, that's offending God. And you've already done that if you're treating someone with a lack of respect and with a ra- lack of love. You're already doing that, which is why uh, this can also be translated robbing, something, uh, robbing for Burnt offerings, okay? If you're reading the King James Version, that's what it says. Robbing for burnt offerings or robbery and iniquity. It's all the same, okay? Put it all together. When you hurt somebody else, when you uh, are not treating others as you should, you are sinning against God. Jesus said, if you do this to the least of these, you do it unto me. You see, if you do it to them, you do it to him. It's no different. You can put a happy face on it. You can say, well, God doesn't really care. But the truth of the matter is God cares deeply. He created us to be in community. He created us to be a people. A different people. And when we do that, we begin to show the world who he is. And when we don't do that, we've hurt him. Not just the other person. You've hurt him. You see, God wants us to treat one another with love and respect. And when we fall short like that, it's not surprising that we can't do justice. The scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I know you've heard it a hundred times, but I wanted it up there. I want you to see that. You see, I can make just decisions. Uh, we get a jury of people. They're going to make a just decision. You know how many wrong decisions have been made by juries? How many wrong decisions have been made by justices? And how many wrong decisions have been made by you and by me? The problem is we, we just can't do it. We need a better way. And God gives us a better way. 
You see, he knows we can't make it. He knows we can't make right decisions. He knows we're going to fall short. So he decided, according to Isaiah, he decided to make an everlasting covenant with us. An everlasting covenant. He decided to come in and become righteousness for us. To build that relationship with us. So that we could begin to see things not from our eyes, but from his eyes. So that we could make better judgments. And what's awesome is he's making an everlasting covenant. Now, why would he say that? Well, because the first covenant was a temporary covenant. Think about it. It's a covenant based on works. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. And the truth of the matter is, if it's based on what we do, it's going to be temporary, isn't it? Because we're going to fail over and over and over again. God offered us, through Jesus Christ, an everlasting covenant, you see. Because it's not based on what we do. It's based on our faith, what we believe. And when we act on what we believe, then we begin to see righteousness in our lives. Not our righteousness, but His righteousness. If we act on what we think is right, we're going to fall short. If we act on our faith, what God says is right, we'll begin to see Him work in powerful ways. We'll be a part of that covenant. It's a covenant based on faith, not on what you do. It's believing that Jesus was your righteousness, is your righteousness. It's believing that you can't be good enough for God, but that Jesus paid the price to make you good enough And His righteousness becomes your righteousness. His right way becomes your right way. Instead of trying to live your right way, you now try to live His right way. And by faith, He puts you into a new covenant. You remember, don't you? Jesus offers you that new covenant. He sat around with His disciples that last night. You remember what He said? This cup is the what? What did He say? The new covenant of my blood. Shed for what? The forgiveness of your sin. So that you could be forgiven. And when you're forgiven, you begin to see the righteousness of God. It's no longer about you, it's about Him. It's no longer about what you do, it's about what He does. Your life now begins to change. As a matter of fact, you no longer live for yourself, you now live for Him. And as you begin to live by faith, you begin to see His hand at work. You begin to treat people differently. You begin to love and care for people. You begin to be all that He created you to be. Now, it doesn't happen overnight, but as you put your faith in Him, He begins to transform you. And it's awesome. Jesus says, don't forget, I'm changing you. You see, this is all about the future. You can't do anything about the past. Jesus forgave that. Now, the question is, how are you going to live tomorrow? Are you going to live by faith? Are you going to live as a part of the covenant? Or are you going to try to do it yourself, live that temporary covenant? I'm going to be good enough. You watch, God. I'll be good enough for you. Now, I don't try to live to be good enough for God anymore because I know I can't do it. I live by faith. I try to listen to God and follow Him. Not because I need to be good enough, but because I want to see Him at work in my life. I trust in Him. What about you? What about you? Do you have that everlasting covenant? Will this year you live by faith and His righteousness, or are you going to keep trying to be good enough? You keep trying to do it better, 
to show him that you're good enough. I encourage you to give thanks. He's already paid the price. You can live by faith. You with me? Last thing I want you to see. Very important. And I don't want you to miss it. Otherwise, I'd quit because we were over time. Uh, <clears throat> but I, w- I want you to see this. Uh, Isaiah ends by saying, and you will be a blessed people. And this is the purpose of being a blessed people. So that everybody else will see that you are blessed. And that the Lord has blessed you. Did you catch that? You're not blessed because God thinks you're, you're the most special thing in the world and He wants you to have all the good things in life. That's not why you're blessed. He does think you're a special person and He does want you to have all the best things, the things that He has for you. But this is why you're blessed. So that other people notice. Okay? You are blessed so that other people will be blessed. You with me? You are blessed so that other people will see that God is at work, that God is on the throne, that God wants to bless the world. Not just you, the world. When Jesus sat down with his disciples, he said, please notice this. You are to be my disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, and throughout the world. To share with people the blessing of God. That's what's so exciting about what happened at the school the other day. All of a sudden, there's a bunch of people, some who may know nothing about God, know nothing about religion, know nothing about church. All of a sudden, they saw that there's a group of people who care enough to make sure they have the provisions they need to do their job. Holy cow. And all of a sudden, they took notice. And you can bet every one of them took notice. Now, some of them are believers, I bet. And they said, yeah, of course, the people of God, thank you, God, that they would bless us like you've blessed them. Praise God. And there were some teachers standing there saying, why would people do this? Why would people care that much? And we've just opened a door to begin to tell them that we care so much because God loves us. And he loves them. And we want them to know that there are people that God wants to bless. You see, it's not that God blesses us because, um, because he looks at us and says, well, I want to bless these people. Uh, you know, that was the problem Israel had. Do you remember that? Israel thought that God blessed them because they were God's chosen people. And God did bless them because they were God's chosen people. But God called them to be a light unto the nations. And instead, they decided that this blessing was for them. And so they held on to it, and they looked at it, and they said, wow, aren't we special? God has blessed us. And the world around them began to fall apart. And too often the church holds the blessings of God. They say, wow, isn't it awesome? We're blessed. And the world never sees how awesome our God is because we don't share those blessings with others. Who is it you could bless this Thanksgiving? This year, right? This is the year. Who is it you could bless? I'm not saying that that you will buy them a Porsche. That's not what we're talking about, right? We're talking about spiritual blessings. Who is it that you could bless? Who is it that God would put on your heart that would call you to pray for them 
and to begin to reach out to them and seek after them, just as God sought after you, to share with them that God loves them and that God wants to bless them even as he has blessed you. Who is it that God would place on your heart? You see, this year would be filled with thanksgiving if you were able to say, I just, Lord, I want you to bless this person so that they could see how awesome you are. And maybe this year you would bless them so much that they would open their hearts and follow you. Who is it? Who is it? You see, God calls us to be a blessed people, not for ourselves, but that others might be blessed. Are you different? Do others see that you are blessed? Are you a part of that covenant? Are you still trying to prove to God that you can be good enough? Are you willing this morning to live by faith and watch God's hand as he works through you to bless others? Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, uh, this is such an important moment And too often we miss it. Too often we're caught up in our own stuff in this morning. uh, Worried about what other people think. Or afraid to really be open to you. Because we know where we don't measure up. And this morning, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would come into our lives. That you would remind us that you don't have just forgiveness for us, but you have a life filled with blessing. That you would remind us that you have a life not based on how good we can be, but rather based on faith where you are at work in different ways every moment as we open our eyes and seek your justice and your righteousness. So we bow before you, Lord Jesus, and we ask for your forgiveness. And we seek your face. And we pray that you would step into our lives. That you would begin to transform us. Lord, some this morning for the first time. Who need a home. They've been running from place to place, looking for the best place to live, trying to build a home. Lord, this morning... Remind them that you have a home for them. If they would open their hearts to you, they would offer them your life. You'd give them yours. And they'd discover what home is really all about. Lord, this morning we pray that this year would be a different year. Not because we'll be blessed more, but because we'll be able to share those blessings And we in particular lift up to you that one person you've placed before us. And we ask, Lord, even now that you would begin to bless them. We thank you for hearing and answering our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.